Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm a feminist, but when some of the actors on the film that I'm currently making, don't mean to go on about it, were teasing another actor about having a crush on a woman they'd met, I said, well, surely you're too distracted by our beauty to be fancying anyone else, pointing to myself and another woman present. And one of them said, oh, we are. You should hear what we say about you when you're not here. It's filthy. And I knew he was joking, but I was still a little bit relieved. I just do want to think that sometimes I leave the room and a man goes, I definitely would. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you yeah. think anyone's ever said that about me? I feel like they haven't. They definitely have. Do you I think? think yeah, oh, yeah, you have no idea what guys are saying behind your back. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is like a huge confession. Okay, so I'm a feminist, but I don't really care about Beyonce. I, yeah, I heard the guy. I heard it. I know I'm supposed to. I know she's very cool. She's very cool. I'm less cool. I totally get it. Like, she's changing everybody's minds, but like, yeah. You know, so, and I'm allowed. I know I'm gonna get like hate tweets. It's like, she's a queen, queen bay! And like, I know she's totally a queen. She's royalty, but like, meh. I'm a feminist, but today I went shopping and realized I hadn't shaved under my arms and I was in a sleeveless dress. 
And then I thought, oh, well, everyone at the show will think I'm a better feminist. <laughs> yes. I mean, body hair does indicate your political leanings, pretty much, right? <laughs> but some people think it does. Some people think you're a better feminist if you don't shave under your arms. And the thing is, I do. But at this film set, I forgot to take a razor and I was just wearing, like, it was whales, so there's no need to show under your arms to anyone. <laughs> and then here in sunny Scotland, uh, I know it's been terrible here too, but it's warm enough I can wear a dress. I just suddenly went, oh, whoa. Good feminism under here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I am a feminist, but God, I can't go any lower, but I think I'm about to. So um, I am not a fan of Theresa May, but when she said the thing about her husband taking out the garbage, I was just like, yes, make him take out the trash. Like, and it's terrible. I don't think there are boy jobs or girl jobs, but there's something deep down in my heart anytime I'm taking out the garbage and my boyfriend isn't. I'm just like, oh, you're a, te- you son of a, you, you know, like, you know, like, I have the visceral memories of my mom taking out the trash while my dad was doing like nothing but like sleeping with other women. But, and you know, it's real, you know? And I was just like, oh, you piece of garbage, you know? So anytime I have to do it, I'm just like, man, is supposed to do this for me. I don't need to get trash juice on my hands. It's a horrible paradigm in my mind, but it's true. I thought you were going to say, I'm a feminist, but I don't like Theresa May, but I like her more than Beyonce. <laughs> oh, no. Beyonce's thought, a queen. I thought they're going to turn on you. I thought they're going to turn on no, you and no. this show is going to have to be over. No, 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 like, no. You actually said that this show would be over. This, this would yeah, be well, I would think I would be over. Yeah. yeah. Mm, no. I'm a feminist, but I met a man the other day who is a legal giant. He's not a lawyer and a giant. He's not a lawyer for giants. He's legally, there's a certain height over which you are legally a giant. I'm a feminist, but the other day I met a man who is a legal giant. And I talked to him for ages because he made me feel petite. Oh. I thought he oh. could just pick me up and spin me around oh, like God. I was a petite it's so young woman yeah. in a film, like in a romantic comedy or something, when they spin. Carrie Ed Lloyd's been on the show, and she, in loving detail, talked about being spun around and how awesome it is as a small person to be spun around. Really? Yeah. I always feel like they hate being picked up because they're always being picked up. Don't other them. Oh. <laughs> I'm other small but, women. But they are other because I am not them. No, but it was just the they. I, well, I'll get tweets about other About so- they? About yeah, they. Of- you can't say they. How- but you also can't say we. It's a very tricky thing. I know. There is no right thing there. You can never use pronouns, only just, you know, yeah. small women. You have to I each time, you have to say small women. Okay. So I am a feminist, but I secretly project my fat shame onto other people sometimes when I see women who will wear the jeans that are way too low, you know, and then there's the whole like muffin thing and it's out. And I just, I've spent my entire life wearing my pants up to here because I'm just like, just cover it all up and it goes away. And so when I see like that hanging out, I'm just kind of like, we know this doesn't look good on us, right? Like, can I tell you? Can I help you? I'll take you out to Evans. Come on, you know, like, and she doesn't care or need to care. She's like getting sun on her buns and that's a cool thing. But I still have this programming for my parents of like, you know, my mom's just like things that you wear and things that you don't wear. And I project that in my head. I don't say it out loud because I understand society. I don't do that. But like in my head, I'm just kind of like, help, let me help you. Somebody hasn't told you yet. Please. 
Is For those that, of you listening, that was me pulling my trousers yeah. up to my neck. Is there anything about what I'm wearing that you would like to correct? Um, no, what you're wearing is fantastic. I'm I think more uh, hair under your armpits would make this outfit pop. <laughs> there, it's hard for there to be much more, I'm telling you. I didn't show this side, but like... It's... Oh my God, that's the regular amount of hair that I have after shaving. <laughs> Live from the underbelly of the Edinburgh Fringe, the Spontaneity Shop presents the Guilty Feminist with Deborah Bowden's wife and guest co-host Desiree Birch. Very special guest, Dana Alexandra, talking about emotional labor. This is the Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Uh, so, we're today talking about emotional labor. Yes. So, Desiree, I'm going to ask you to define this. When you hear the words emotional labor, what do you mean? What I think about, from my perspective, is the extra work that needs to be done in many instances as a black female to help people understand how you are constantly trying to correct people's perspectives of you or how you're all, always trying to adapt so that you put a, like, a certain kind of face to people so that they see you in a different way so that you, you know, if you're trying to be yourself, which is a nuanced thing, a lot of times it's easy to go like, oh, there's a stereotype that they can pick up on. And in order to not be that, you just hide certain parts of yourself. It's similar to just being a woman. Uh, we do a lot of labor in just like, you know, picking out outfits, putting on makeup, acting like we're different people than we are. So people feel that we are, you know, a certain kind of woman. When we go into the workplace, if we're wearing our hair a certain way, it means that we're a certain kind of person. If we're doing it a different way, we're maybe being defiant. You know, there's a lot of thinking for other people on your behalf that has to be done. And a lot of making people feel comfortable on your behalf that has to be done. And it's labor. We don't get paid for. And it, you know, Does and then we get paid also less. include like in a work situation, making sure you don't come across as aggressive, even if you're just being assertive. It's saying sorry and please and thank you way too much when somebody else would just walk in and say exactly what you said and be heard. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a lot of excuse me's and it's a lot of, you know, trying to maintain a certain status while trying to get these things that aren't allowed for you to have unless you manipulate a situation. And so people always talk about women being so manipulative. And it's like, well, if you could just say what we wanted and grab it, we wouldn't manipulate anybody. But like, we're trying not to get like beaten up and murdered. So like, seriously, like a lot of times if you're being catcalled or you're being talked to by a guy and you have to go like, oh no, thank you. And like, I've got to go and here's my friend and all of these other things when you should just be able to say, fuck off, no. But you can't do that without this like fear of death and harm behind you. And so you have to do all of this extra work for this person who decided to steal some of your attention. I feel like I'm owed back pay. You know, like it's been a lot of work for 30 plus years of my life. Who do we write to to get that money? I don't know. <laughs> a, a series of small invoices just okay. out. I don't I, I would don't love know. it if a guy kind of hassled you in the street and then you just got out a little invoice book mm-hmm. and you went, Sir, you have slowed me down. You have made me make a smiley face that's not too smiley so you don't think I'm, I'm agreeing with the flirt and escalating it so you won't later call me a prick tease. Mm-hmm. I'm also trying not to make a frowny face so you don't call me a bitch. Yeah. I'm trying to make the appropriate middle face, which is... Oh, this is so sweet of you, and it's really fun, but I do not want to sleep with you. There's a face for that, right? And it's we all know the face. We all have to go, oh, I had this. <laughs> you. Oh, you. you. 
I had this on the plane, actually. I got on a plane from Wales. I'm only in Edinburgh for two days. So I got on a plane from Wales. Actually, I had to get on at Bristol. And I don't know, it's like stag night central at Bristol. What is happening there? Everyone was getting on planes to go somewhere else. No one wants to do a stag night in Bristol. That's clear. <laughs> Everyone's getting out of Dodge. And there was a group of guys. The groom was in a costume that could only be described as Superman fetish. And then there was a hen knight, with a actually sweet-looking hen knight, with a young woman with learner plates and a little veil. But then behind me, I don't know who these guys were, they were like guys that were like late middle-aged, all in tweed jackets, flat caps, incredibly drunk. And they were a group, they were a solid gang. And when I got on, I sat right in front of them, and they were shouting, where's the bar, open the bar. I was like, there's no bar on this plane, you're not on like a virgin, but they, went, they meant bring the trolley, I think. And bring the trolley. And then I came up and I was trying to put my overhead, but there wasn't any room. And they were like, we'll take it for you, darling. And I was like, well, no, because you're further back and then I'll be going the wrong way when we get off the plane. And they were like, it's fine, we'll help you. And then they started saying, where are you going? And I was like, Edinburgh, that's where the plane is going. There's only one option at this point. They meant like your house and your address and like what bar were you going to go to after That's the plane landed? And I said, Edinburgh Fringe, are you going to the Fringe? And they were like, oh, sound check at five o'clock, sound check at five o'clock, we'll be there too, we'll be there too. And I was like, please don't come into my audience. <laughs> and I was like, but anyway, they started doing that sort of give us a smile. When I got off the plane, they gave me the backpack and said, the one with all the drugs in, eh, eh, the one with all the drugs in. And I just thought, look, I know at airports you're not meant to make those jokes and stuff. And I didn't want to get involved in a whole thing about how my bag had drugs in because I needed to get here. So I was like, I just took it and went like that. And he went, oh, not a smile. She didn't give us a smile. She didn't give us a smile. She didn't give us a smile. And they kept on going. They were talking about me. Uh, she didn't have a smile in her today. She just didn't have a smile in her. Oh, my like, God. You're like, so many smiles in me. None of them for you ever. Like. <laughs> Just a belly full of smiles down here. Please welcome to the stage. Put your hands together and make general woohooing noises for the wonderful Desiree Bunch. All right. Well, I haven't done anything yet, so cool your jets. Um... So, uh, I was saying before, and I'm sorry to other eyes, smaller women, I am a larger woman, right? Um, and yes, okay, whistles, here we go. Um, no, it's great, it's great. I'm a feminist, but I do like being whistled at. It's terrible, oh, it's terrible. Like, because I know, like, if he did anything, I could just be like, boom! Uh, but, you know, they don't chase me down, because I can kind of take them. Um, the thing, are there any, like, tall women here who date men, like, over five foot ten, like, or more, any of you tall? Okay, do you know how it's always the shortest guy in the whole room who wants to pull you all the time? Right? I don't know what it is about us, but like you can see him walk into the bar and he's just like, ah, I gotta mount that one. Uh, ahoy! Yo ho, yo ho! I win! You know, like he's gotta climb the biggest bitch in the room. And so. <laughs> You know, and so, like, I always have attracted shorter guys. And, like, that's cool. You know, like, they're usually very charming and fun and buy drinks and all the good stuff, you know? But the problem is I also date a lot of white dudes. And, like, while I might go home with that short guy, like, I can't walk around with him during daytime. Like, <laughs> like I can't go down the street holding his hand. I'm going to look like his Jamaican nanny picking him up from daycare. It's <laughs> like, cross the street. Call me tonight. Um... <laughs> And like, 
so terrible. Like the guy who's into me, like it's it's a classic look. It's always I can see him from down the street. He's always like five five max, you know, like eyes right on the prize, like right here, you know. And he's got the same look. He's like bald with a turtleneck and a goatee that says like I can't get any pussy. I got to grow one on my face. You know that look. <laughs> and he just keeps licking his lips like. Mm. Such a goddess. Oh, such a goddess. And it's just like, you know, like I know he's being complimentary, but like every time they say goddess, like the flesh crawls up my back a little bit. I don't know if that happens in anything. Because like if I was like a princess, I'd get to sit there on a pedestal doing nothing. But like a goddess has got to change whole weather systems for you. And like do all this extra work. I'm like, how needy are you? I just met you, you know? And like they are similar guys who say things that they think are really positive to you. They say things like, you know, you're just such a, a big, fierce, beautiful black woman. You're just such a strong, strong black woman, you're so strong. They get all like, you're so strong. And they get all like whispery. And like, I, it does the same thing to me because like, you know, like strong black woman is like another one of these boxes. Like you hear it and we all get a similar image, you know, like a strong black woman, right? A strong black woman's got two emotions only and they are, mm-hmm, and ah! Yeah. <laughs> like, Strong black woman's got uh, five kids, two jobs, and one last motherfucking nerve that everybody's working right now. You know, her weave is laid, her nails are did, her man is broke. You know, and she's always got a sassy comeback for whatever anyone says to her because as long as she's funny, we don't have to worry about her suffering. I mean, a, a strong black woman should be hanging on a cross in everyone's living rooms right now, okay? But Jesus need the wood, so she gave him that too. Like, it feels like this trap to fall into, you know, because a strong black woman is this myth of this creature that, you know, has no needs of her own, but can take care of everyone else's. I hear strong black woman and I think of Tina Turner getting beat up by her husband and then immediately going onto stage to entertain people. I think of Oprah Winfrey sitting on a couch for 20 years, listening to white women's problems from all over the country, never talking about any of her own. I mean, I even think of like Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act, like running from murderers and then stopping to lead everyone in a gospel song. Like, doesn't make any sense, you know? And so I just, you know, I talked to Deborah about this topic because I really feel like, I mean, it's intersectional feminism, but it's just, you know, there's probably emotional labor that people are doing that we don't even realize, and I think it's really good to talk about it. Like, I think, you know, for women, like, you're included on, on this too, just if you're not intersectional, if you're a white feminist, like, you still have to put on all this face of stuff, and a lot of you are, like, paying lots of money to get things tanned and waxed and, like, all the time. And, like, you know you don't have to do that, right? Like, I know we're in a room full of feminists. You don't have to do that. Does everybody here know you don't have to? Right? Like, you know, and I, like I say that and women will get upset with me. They're like, well, I don't do it for men, Desiree. I do it for me. It's just more comfortable for me. And I'm like, sis, it's a lot of things, but comfortable is not fucking one of those things, all right? Okay, let's be real. Like, look, on day one, yeah, sure, it's comfortable. You're all smooth like a chicken cutlet, and you're like, I got Barbie pussy, look at me. Doing that Buffalo Bill dance from Silence of the Lambs was like, you know? But like on day five, you got these angry, militant, black power, ingrown hairs coming in like, fight the power. And you're like behind a cubicle like this, and this is not so comfortable anymore. This, this action, super, 
not not comfortable anymore. So I just, I guess I challenge your notions of comfort. And I just say, like, if you want to do that for yourself, if it's really actually comfortable for you, that's totally cool. Like, just don't do it for, like, a dude. Because, like, they don't really care. Like, they act like they care. They don't really care. Like, I'm just going to let you in on a secret. Straight guys, mostly just interested in pussy. They don't care what's around the pussy that much. Like, a guy could find a pussy in a trash bag and be like, oh, man! pussy in that bag oh snap so there's pussy in that like they don't care what's around it that much I just I just wanted to let you in on that I've seen guys in their element they're really just good to go you guys are lovely Today began her career in Edmonton, Alberta, at the age of 18. She is now a regular on the London comedy circuit and was nominated Best Club Comic by Chortle. Please welcome, with general wahooing, Dana Alexander! Have you been having an emotionally laborious fringe? This is uh, show three of uh, seven today. Oh yes. my God. I want to cry. Yes. Are, you, are you all right? <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. I just lie to myself the whole day and just push through. Yeah. You know Do you need is? someone to go and get you an alcoholic beverage? Oh, maybe a second one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so seriously, seriously, someone will go and get you a martini if that's what you want. Yes. Do you uh, two? <laughs> seriously, can we make that happen? Do you really want those? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> is there anybody at the underbelly who would, if we gave you some cosmopolitan, hash, please? If you, oh my god, seriously, do Tom you want a cosmopolitan? What do you want? I, what are you having? Cosmo girl. Okay, vodka tonic, Any, please. Okay, a cosmopolitan <laughs> and a vodka tonic. Listen, I'll have a vodka soda if one's going, but don't worry about me. I, it's my show. I can have one later. I feel like it would lift the show. Yeah. It and would lift would us. And I you guys have literally would be very... never ordered alcoholic beverages from a stage before. <laughs> yeah. But I'm Get feeling like it's it, fringy. I want to look after my girls, given it's an emotional labor show. I feel like we need to be kind of giving back. So do you feel like you do a lot of emotional labor on a day-to-day basis, Dana? You know what? I feel like I have a friend. I think there comes to a point when you're too busy. There's just, uh, you don't have the time to get into it. Like yeah. I have this one show. I ain't got time to cry. I ain't got time to cry. She just waits until the end of the night and has a cry and a wank and goes to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Crying is a luxury. Yeah. Not everybody has time to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Do you do a lot of emotional labor on a day-to-day basis? Um, Well, the thing about the emotional labor is that you do have to become aware that that is what it is before you start recognizing how much that you do it. You know, because uh, it does take on the forms of like being a good family member and being a good friend. And obviously there are some sort of things that you're going to take on for people that you care about. But then there's a time when it can become too much. Like when you think about like, you know, I have time and I have energy and I have like money and those are things that like I have to like give out. And if somebody is claiming a lot of that from you, a lot of times it's people who deserve the right to claim it because, you know, they are your friends and their family and they give to you and whatnot. And sometimes it is strangers who just think that they are entitled to a certain amount of your time or your focus or your energy or, you know, well, you know. I you see it on Twitter a lot where someone will attack a woman for a feminist position or, you know, a woman who's oh, got... I a, love that. You know, and then... <laughs> Sunday and then, afternoon when I got time, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the woman will say, okay, well, she'll explain. 
And then the, generally, in the ones I've seen, uh, not always, but generally a man will come back and say, well, I'm just trying to learn. Explain this to me then. And then they like give Google them an, bitch. an essay yeah. question. Yeah, like you need like, to come up with less... an answer for me right now because I... I can use Twitter but not Google. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. It's like I, they, some of the questions are so... I had less complicated questions in my third year of my degree. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a 6,000 word essay you're requiring there. It's willful ignorance, right? Yeah, There's it's, a big difference. Or it's like provoking you. Yeah. But I feel... This was my challenge. I feel like I'm pretty privileged. I mean, I am. I, it doesn't matter what I feel. I am very privileged. And uh, and so sometimes I feel like I should do more of the emotional labor for women who are less privileged. So this situation came up, and this is what I tried. Tell me if you think I got it right. There was a very famous comedian who is doing a show, and a part of it is about racism. And so the show is very intelligent. It's a deconstruction of racism and his concern about his part in it as a white man. I know exactly who you're talking you about. You do. And then an Asian, female Asian journalist saw the show and what she described, and she acknowledged, she said, well, it had a very provocative opening. But then what she said is she acknowledged that the intention of the show was not racist and that the comedian was not racist. But he used a racial slur to say what people used to say. And there was a point to it. But she said, as one of only two Asian women that she could see in a room, so she couldn't see any other Asian people I, in the I room. I watched that show, by the way. It's the only comedy show I've ever paid for, and I want my money back. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, well, this journalist, she said, I was one of the only two Asian people, and hearing that slur said quite a few times, she said, my memory of that as a child is I heard that a lot and there was violence attached to it. People would come to the house and throw things through the window. So for me, she said I was out for a safe night out. She expected the comedian and the audience to be allies and didn't go in feeling frightened. When she heard the racial slur again and again, it provoked a fear in her. It ignited an old fear that she felt as a child that she associated with violence. And she said, I felt embarrassed at how sensitive and upset I felt. And her conclusion was, is it his to use? That was her question. She was saying, I don't think it's his to reclaim. And then there was a lot of debate about that. But I saw some people on Facebook saying, she's willfully misunderstanding the show. And she's deliberately doing this. Like, she didn't feel hurt. She's writing this for herself as clickbait. <gasps> the drinks have arrived. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's vodka soda with a dash of cranberry. That's a lovely dash as well. You did that very well because sometimes they overcran it. (laughs) Cheers. 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 This is the tonic for emotional labor. And so my issue was with people saying she didn't really feel hurt. So I spent time online. So one of my friends was like, she's either an idiot or she's disingenuous. And I said okay because they love the comedian and he's a you know he's they want to protect his free speech Mm -hmm. but i said free speech can not only be protected when it's coming out of the mouth of a charismatic white man she also has her right to free speech and she has a right to response and you can say you don't agree with her analysis of the show but she didn't say the show was racist she said it made her feel hurt to hear that word and she was one of only two asian people in the audience and i said i can imagine being one of only two women in an audience of men and hearing them laugh about how they or their friends used to use these really misogynistic terms, but they would never do that now. And feeling a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I can and, imagine that. And furthermore, yeah. he would never uh, swap the P word for the N word. He wouldn't dare. And I mean, that's a double standard that people should be aware of yeah. as well, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting. And on this one Facebook wall where I took it on and I said, look, it's very hard for white straight men to understand. So difficult. <laughs> to understand. <laughs> but it is. It is because, and I said, what you have to imagine is you've moved to another country. 
in that country, people like you are routinely beaten up, there's violence, there's aggression, and you go to a space where you don't think that's going to be, and you hear some of the words associated with the violence in the past, and you're the only person like you in that audience. How do you feel now? And they went, oh, I get it. They looked at that show, and they were like, no, but it isn't racist. And they weren't putting themselves in her position. Well, and yeah. so it's taking the time to say, but I want to do, do that more on behalf of women of color because they're so exhausted from doing it. And it's my job as sort of a white person who is also part of the patriarchy, guys, I'm aware, to sort of do that. But on another wall, I did it. And this guy started saying a lot of racist stuff. So I just, I don't know this guy. I thought he was going to do another podcast of mine. So I thought, I'm just going to leave here. I've made my point. I'm just going to leave. So I silently unfriended him. I didn't think he would notice. And just thought, I'm just going to throw the match. Get the gas. (laughs) (laughs) So I just slowly, I just was like, I'm just going to seek. But then somebody, his walls were public. So somebody said, oh, he's talking about you. And he had said, I can't believe this comedian. She asked me to do a podcast. And then she did this and this and this. And then someone underneath said, she sounds like a right cunt. And he said, she is a right cunt, but a right cunt with good connections in comedy. And every time I post, I lose like a pro gig. And so I just saw it, it was public. So I just went, oh, hi. No, don't worry about it. Actually, my connections in comedy aren't that great. Um, I said, I have two podcasts that are very successful, but one of them is pretty much exclusively for women. So you don't lose out there. And the other one, to be honest, it's really not for people who are trying to climb the ladder in comedy and just use people for connections. It's more of a really lovely space where diverse people want to come together. So I said, don't worry about it. You really haven't lost anything. And I said, it's fine. You can get ahead in comedy by being mercenary and using people, but you shouldn't say that's what you're doing. Because (laughs) It's hard to use people as you're saying, I'm using you right now. I said, other people are going to read this and they're going to realize you use people in comedy. So maybe don't say this out loud. Maybe do it more discreetly. Or just let him hang himself, you know? Uh, he then just deleted the whole thing he never apologized but you could see he was so screenshot girl I hope oh I did yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) receipts hashtag receipts yeah and there's just so much in that like obviously you were able to do a job that maybe somebody else couldn't because when a that person of color is going to defend their position, a lot of people are perceiving like, oh, you're just responding to all the same old things that you're responding to and they're not considering the fact that they're responding to the fact that they are accustomed to going to comedy shows where it's a majority of white people and so that comic can say that thing there. And that's what I want to talk about with the show that you're speaking of. I thought it was completely absurd because the comic admittedly said he doesn't have any black friends. He's talking to a room full of white people about racism like, who the fuck are you, guy? Like, are you serious right now? Yeah, like, I'd love to see him do that same bit. Like, just and then also, get an audience and then, and then full also of, of Pakistani the people the and do the same of, bit. And, and the passivity of, like, I'm not going to be able to solve racism. I'm only me, but I can be a good person and I don't have any power. I'm like, yeah, but you're in here and you have 600 people hanging off your every word to find out what you ate for breakfast. You don't think you can make a difference? Of course you can. You have a captive audience, like you know, seven shows a week and you got about a thousand people in there. So I thought that was a little bit weak. That was more offensive to me than the whole other part. Mm -hmm. But I do get where she comes from with that. Yeah, I mean, she does have a right to say this is how I felt because no one is ever going to dream to ask. No one would ever have checked her if she, she, he had to use the the N-word. Well, the other thing was that I felt people were saying, no, she doesn't really feel hurt. And that I really took people on. I said, women are never believed. And on this one wall where I knew previously people had not believed. Do you remember when there was the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard? Heard, Mm, And everyone was like, 
no, no, no. Another famous comedian wrote a thing saying she's lying. And I was like, unless you've been with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just because you're a friend, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You can't say she's lying. And it has since come out, there's evidence that she was not lying. And I used that as a touchstone. And I said, women are never believed. And have you ever heard of someone admit to a rape? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, exactly. No, never admit that. And so there's a, a rape, whether it's a rape or it's sexual violence or whatever, women are never believed. If you're not even going to believe this woman who says, I felt hurt, I'm embarrassed that I felt hurt. If she can't even be believed about feeling hurt and feeling embarrassed, women will never be believed. That's it. I don't believe anyone's going to believe women. And then yeah. the guys said, oh, you're right. They're there's like, a difference between right. not believing them and not wanting to believe and I think that's often when there's a famous man, because it's the same with Bill Cosby. It's like 50 or 60 women have come forward to tell some version of that story. And it's like, well, they're all wanting money. It's like, yeah. really? Some they're... of them are like in their 70s. Like some of them are fine. rich. Yeah. yeah. And some of them haven't even got a story that would get them any money. Some of them's like, can I just corroborate? He once tried to get me to take pills and I said no and left. That's not going to get you any money. He could just say, yeah, yeah, I offered a Tylenol. Like, nothing happened. Well, I think even another thing that's even more troubling about that whole situation is that this is not something that's new. This is not something that, you know, we just found out. Because he was doing the shows that he was doing for so long, he was protected by the system. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, because a lot it's of people like knew CBS and, is going to cover yeah. his ass because you remember everybody yeah, was of watching. Was tuning into the NBC Cosby to watch shows that. that. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, people said that, like, yeah, we kind of figured something was happening, but. You know, so, yeah, uh, yeah. any Do, accountability well, there. That is extraordinary, isn't it? Because people knew about Jimmy Savile as well. And also, Rolf Harris was known to be handsy. I heard that in show business. I heard mm. I heard that a lot. I heard it a few times. Oh, he's so handsy when you meet him. It's like, handsy? Handsy? Because yeah. that's a kind of cute way of saying it, he publicly sexually like assaults women. People, like he, yeah. Yeah. God. It's like, it's like, really? <laughs> but it's like, but he's Rolf. <laughs> but he's Rolf, but he's got his wobble board. His catchphrase sounded like heavy breathing down a telephone. His catchphrase uh. was... <laughs> Timey kangaroo down, spot. Timey kangaroo down. Timey kangaroo down. Oh, I'm nearly there. Timey kangaroo down. It's a whole... His, his act and everyone's was a like, dirty that's totally call. cool. That's, yeah, his that's great. His act was a dirty call. I didn't see it. I didn't see it oh, at all. That's... I was a child. Ooh. I didn't know. I didn't know. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now, please welcome to the stage, Ms. Deborah Francis-White. I went to get some trousers adjusted because I bought a jumpsuit. It was a beautiful jumpsuit, but I wanted the trouser legs to be a little bit wider because my legs were a little bit wider. And that was clear to me that I was like, oh, and I saw this picture, this incredible picture of this beautiful, stylish sort of designer trousers, and they were kind of flared out. Like it was like a, a model in them, you know, with a white tailored shirt, the way I imagine one day I'll be when I'm grown up. And so I was like, oh, these trousers, that's the right look for me. So I took the picture in to this tailor in North London, and he was Hungarian. And just so you get the picture, you know, the, the germane to the story. He looked at the picture and he looked at the trousers. I said, can you make my trousers like these? And he went, but this woman is thin. You are not thin. And I went, what? And he went, you are not thin. This woman is thin. And I went, sure. Sure, but you should not say that to a woman. Like, I don't think... Thin is better than fat. I don't have a metric for that in my head, except the one that I've been brainwashed to have since I was born. But, you know, I was like, you just shouldn't say, I'm happy with my, pretty happy with my body. I'm kind of happy with my body. And I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not unhappy with my body. I don't wake up in the morning and go, oh. But, like, you just don't say that. And even if I'm not upset by it, the next woman you say it to might be. And, you know, who knows, you know, what her background will be or how she feels about herself. So you just don't say that. And he went, but you are not thin. And I went, I know, but you shouldn't say it. He said, why not? No, you are fine. You are lovely. You are lovely. You are just not thin. You are lovely. What your body is, is a lovely body. It is not a thin body. This body is thin. Your body is not thin. They are different bodies. I went, I know. Stop saying it. Why can I not say it if it is true? I don't know. You just can't. Just don't. Just stop saying it. And he went, I'm just saying, you are not thin. I said, I know what you are just saying. Please stop saying it. I am not saying anything. Except that you are not thin. I was like, why? Just stop now. I said, I just want these trousers to be wider. Can you do them or not? He said, yes, I make the trousers wider, but you're not going to look like the girl in the picture because the girl in the picture is thin. And you are not thin. That's all I'm saying. I said, I know I will not magically transform into a fashion model if you widen the legs of the trousers. But they are pulling here and I want them to be wider and I am showing you an example of the sort of width I'm going for. She would not fit into these trousers. I get that. They would fall off her. But she is not here and I am. And I am offering you 17 pounds of my money or whatever it costs to widen trousers. Are you want the money or not? I did not mean to upset you. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
logged in. And I fucking swear to God, I don't even know where she came from. There was no one in the shop. I couldn't see anyone else in the shop. But up the back, there was like racks of clothes and stuff. And a, a woman just came out from behind a rack. She was a black woman, an American black woman, like out of a movie. I was in North London. She just came out and she went, you don't say that to any girl, sir. You do not say that. And she clicked. <laughs> came out of from behind her and I was like she has done emotional labor for me I feel so bad I feel so bad and the guy just looked there was another couple who were standing awkwardly by and he looked at the guy and he went mm. and the guy went mm. <laughs> just like he was making like man communication eyes like you just and I think he actually mouthed at him you don't say that <laughs> Sometimes we all need to be there to do emotional labor for each other. And I understand there is not always a wonderful African-American woman <laughs> behind a rack who's gonna come out and help us. There's but only I... so many places I can be at once. <laughs> We've gotta ally up and be there for each other. White women have gotta be there for women of color because they're there for us. Straight women have gotta be there for queer women because they're there for us. We've all gotta be behind that rack, ready to pop out. And sometimes that rack is on Twitter. Thank you very much. So I had a thing that happened that I kind of wanted to ask about because it was an incidence of emotional labor that was done that I was kind of like, I don't know if I would have been up if I had done it one way versus the other. But I felt like I did the right thing, but it wasn't done in the right way. Anyway, night bus, London, everyone's got a story. I was that bus's story that night. You know, it was like the drunk bus. We got off the tube at Brixton. You know, 2.5 billion people are getting onto one bus heading into Croydon. And so basically there's a guy behind me. There's a woman up here with like her three friends. She's a pretty woman, you know, like blonde, curly hair, whatever. Not that you need to know that, except for the fact that like, you know, she was clearly the designated like minder. You know how like there's a girl that gets drunk with you and does all the same shots. But like she also makes sure to like hold the hair back and yeah, everybody yeah. gets on their right. Like and she does that work for it so everyone can just be like stupid you know and she's like she's the one who's like okay guys we're getting off at the next stop and they're still like <laughs> you know? and like I can just see her and I'm just like god bless you sis and like she's like okay this is our stop and then she you know she'd hit the button she stood up and then she's like this is where we get off to her friends and then from behind me I hear this guy and he's like oh is this where we get off is this where I get off with you is this where I get off with you you know and he's just you know he's just like this young black dude being drunk and like just irritating, right? But like, I saw the look on her face when she looked up, like she was just like, and now this, you know, like she's like, I already had to deal with this. Like I had to make it through the day, you know, just being a woman and alive and taking care of all these people. And now this, and it wasn't even good. Like it was just stupid. And like the look of like her face falling of like, now she's got to walk away with this shit that he's thrown on her. And it's going to just like stick there. And it doesn't matter how much it hurts. It just like reverberates around in your head and in your body. And it 
feels gross. And like, she got off the bus because like, this was their stop, you know? Like, what's she gonna do? Like, get into a fight? Because at that point, like, it's gonna turn into a hate crime because they're white people and he's black and then what do you do? And then like, they just leave, you know? And so I was just, you know, in this moment, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I had the sense of like, oh, I'm someone who can say something, but I waited for a moment for anybody else to say like, hey man, shut the fuck up or like, that's not cool or whatever. And it was just kind of like, and like nothing. And I was like, you know, I have this thing as an American where I get like a little license to be like loud and stupid because that's what people think of me. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I'll use it, you know? It does not and, help us Canadians, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, when I'm nice, people think I'm Canadian and then I start talking. They're like, oh, nope, she's American. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, like, I just whirled around. I was like, I'm like, why don't you shut the fuck up? Like, she was not talking to you. She is living her life and she did nothing to you. Why the hell are you calling out her name right now? You know, on this bus in front of everybody. Like, who the hell do you think you are? And we got into this, like, 25-minute fight on the night bus while everyone was sitting there like, this is happening. This is happening. You know? And, like, you know... I just like stood there, I turned around and I just sat there and I was just like, okay, well, what else do you have to say? Whatever you want to say to her, go ahead and say it to me, you know, because like, I'm going to sit here and stare at you and remind you of what you just did and how disgusting and shameful it was. And you were just trying to get attention. And like, he was like, oh, look at your clothes and oh, you're American, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yep, heard it next. And he was just yeah, like, that's, that's you know, my favorite one when you get in like, oh, you don't even want to know what I'm going to say about you. I'm like, I know what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. Right? right? Yeah, no, so, no. <laughs> Dana, oh, Dana, no, it took him like 15 minutes to get to fat bitch. He was just like, you know, he was like, look at your clothes. Like, you know, like, he's like, you bought them from Primarty. I was like, they don't have my fucking size in Primarty. Next. He's like, you smell. I'm like, yeah, I did three shows today. What the fuck are you doing right now? Hanging on a bus, just yelling out at women, doing fucking nothing. Next. And then he was like, you know, just like, check, check. And then. Finally, he was like, look at you. You got stretch marks. You got and I was like, yeah, when you have fat fucking tits, you get stretch marks. That's a thing that happens. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm fat. I have stretch marks. It's like, oh, yeah, and you're fat. You're fat, too. I was like, do I have to pick up the gun, hold it, and pull the trigger for you? Like, what do you need? Like, this is a like, do I need me. to write this script? <laughs> Pretty much. And then there was a point where, like, this woman, this British woman was, like, turned around to me and was like, you know, like, just shut up. You stop. Like, you're not going to stop him. You're just encouraging him. And I'm like, me? We're turning on me right now? And I realized she felt safer to say something to me than she did to him. And that's part of the reason why so she did that. You want some too, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I'm like, I got enough. I am full of vodka tonic and I got a long way to get to Croydon. So let's go for it. You know, but like, why am I the one that's supposed to shut up right now? And I did this thing where I'm like, no, I'm not going to shut up. I realize I'm interrupting everybody else's night and I am sorry about that. But like, look, you needed some entertainment. It's a long fucking ride. And also, you know, like if I shut up right now, then I'm the one who's going to have to sit here like crying hot tears of shame while everybody else is kind of like, yeah, well, she should have shut up. And I'm just like, no, I'm actually like, no matter what, I'm going to make sure until I or this guy gets off the fucking bus that it's about this thing, not like me feeling the shame that this other girl was supposed to feel and all the other people were feeling right now. He needs to feel it and I'm just going to face him down until he does. And while and she I and I were... popcorn on this bus. Yes, right. <laughs> and, while, and like, there, there are other people in the back who are like rolling and other people who are like, ugh. And you know, while she and I are into it, he hops up and he's like, don't look at her. Look at me. Don't look at her. Look at me. And I was like, oh, you just want to 
fucking attention from anyone. So like right now, maybe you've won this because you've just stolen not only her attention, but my attention and everybody's attention on the bus. Fortunately, the bus came to a halt and then he went flying forward to the front. So like karma does work out, but like he kept being like, look at me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, like that's actually what you wanted and I'm giving it to you. So I don't know if doing this is the right thing, but shutting up didn't feel like the right thing because everyone was willing to do that. And then he would have done it again. And maybe he will do it again. I don't know. But like, it was emotional labor to say something. It was emotional labor to not say something. Oh. I feel like saying something at least like put the energy out and sure. not kept so, it Sometimes in. you get a really, I got a good one when I was in uh, South Africa and this guy started to speak to me in Kosa, but obviously I'm black. I'm just like, <laughs> just pretending. I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. So he took that as me thinking that I was better than him. He was obviously like, you know, and he's just like, you know what? I am a man. You are a woman. And I just looked at him, but, but you're so small. <laughs> that was less time. <laughs> Do we have any questions from the audience? Yeah, there's one up there. Hello. Hello. I had a really awkward situation this week where I was telling people in my office what shows I was going to. And... I mentioned that I was going to The Guilty Feminist and the team leader in the office who everyone loves and she's amazing. She turned around and went, oh, are you, would you say you're a feminist? And I was like, yeah. And I kind of think that people that don't are, you know, I think they've got issues. And um, <laughs> not, she was like, oh, well, you've just tainted everyone with that spoon now. And I was like, no, I didn't, I didn't mean like that. It's about like equality and being good to other people. And she went, See, this is why people don't like feminists. <gasps> and this was in front because of... Because they want so, equality. Someone just wants to oppress people. herself. And this Who was in front of so many older, like, women who were a lot older than me, and I'm the youngest person in the office. Did any of the other women speak none, up and say... None. And wow. I was just petrified. I was like, I've never seen this much anger towards one person having an opinion. And I just wondered if you've, like... How so they I were go, all angry that you'd... They were just like... I kind of had to like step back a bit because I was like, I don't, I don't want to be the voice right now. And yeah. they were all like, oh, they believe this, they believe that, and they vade, you know. And um, I was just like, that's when you get your brave heart pink girl. Just like, let's do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard at work though, isn't it? Because then you've got to work with them for yeah. the rest of the. And ever. It, was, it was just so many other women. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you, and I'm really feeling bad that it was my show that no 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 I wanted to know was the trouble I mean yeah yeah but it's hard in that moment to recognize that obviously she's got a lot of internalized shame that she is now making you wear and you are sort of taking on the labor of wearing her shame about feminism and her own sort of status and maintaining this certain image of who she can be in order to exist in the world like I don't necessarily believe that there are people who don't think that they should have the same rights as other people but I do think that there are people who are just like like, oh, that's all a bother. And actually, if you just play nice and if you can play the game, then you're going to get it anyway. And you just can't play the game, you know? And the thing is, nobody's going to be able to play the game forever. But she's so, like, determined on winning that game that she's kind of like, oh, you're over there. And I'm going to chuck anyone under the bus who, like, can't play the game as good as I am. And so you've got to, like, now carry her shame about feminism when you don't have that same shame. And it sucks. Questions are good. If you say, oh, what do you think feminism is? And then if they say, oh, it's man-hating, and then you can say, oh, that's not how I... I think feminism is equality and blah, blah, blah. Would you have an issue with feminism if you thought it was about women having equal rights to men? 
-hmm. then they're not going to say yes. So you can kind of turn it with questions are the best yeah, thing in the world. Questions are the best. They, they are, are the way best better thing than in the world. And I think we get that. to a point too where we're just, it's just so common. Like even last night, like we get it all the time, especially in this industry. You know the famous one after the show. I usually don't find women funny. Uh -huh. but, yeah. Or you are just as funny as the blokes. Yeah. I have answered this question. I've probably given like 40 different comebacks. Some of them get a bit wild. But the, mm -hmm. I, the best one was last night. A guy actually said that to me. He's like, actually, I never find women funny. I'm like, oh, but I'm black. We're funnier than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what? What? I'm like, don't let me beat you in a race now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, what else could you do? Like, you just, cause you, cause it's just going to take you. To keep track of everything we're up to, you can follow Guilt Fem Pod on Twitter or The Guilty Feminist on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page you can like and a mailing list you can sign up to. And if you like what you hear, please go to what we are now supposed to call Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other people to discover us. And give us five stars. Mm -hmm. um, can I do a quick plug? Like plug? All right, so uh, my hour is on at Bob's Blunderbuss at 10 p.m. nightly. It is called Desiree Birch Unfuckable. Um, <laughs> And I mean it in the good, don't fuck with me way. Um, so uh, I have to run right after this, but I'm going to leave some flyers here if you would like to come and check it out. If you like hearing about sex, you should come to the show. If you don't, then just tell your friend to come to the show. Um, and I will leave those there if you want to take one. If you do not go to the Blunderbuss and see Desiree Birch, you are missing the fuck out. And please, please, please go and see Dana Alexander. I'll be at uh, the Stand 5 at York Place at 10.15 uh, every day except for the 14th. And I am doing a play at the uh, Pleasance Dome, 6 by 6 by 6 six with the comedians theater company at 420 my lucky number um, <laughs> every uh even day but then there's another play on the odd day so make sure you guys check that out 420 i just heard today that's doobie o'clock i'd never heard that girl before. Oh. you're missing out you are could we get three doobies in here please uh, <laughs> that's right that you call it a doobie girl oh what was that i would it's like a doobie please a doobie. i want two would i have three doobies please we could be the Doobie Sisters. <laughs> doing... You have been listening to the Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Desiree Birch, and our special guest Dana Alexander. The recording engineer was Gary Boyle. Music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Selinski for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Tony and Hannah at PBJ Live, and everyone at the Underbelly, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. bleeding out for, like at once a month would you think we wouldn't fucking hear about that yeah. how many times do you go to a comedy club and it's this guy's knob this guy's problem with his girlfriend this guy's knob this guy's problem with his girlfriend and the end of the show yeah. fuck them that we're not allowed to talk about our periods we bleed well, what, in public and watch, hide it so yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. Well, a man's just come and said, I wonder if our guests have anything to plug <laughs> and considering we're just talking about periods I feel that's now... <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> We're all going to be in a show called Moon Cup. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.